Uh, we broke up in October. Yeah, of, yeah. But what restaurant were we at? Uh, we were at Rock Bottom. Is that the best irony? Rock <laughs> Bottom. Never going there with him again to this day. Take a girl and a guy, and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. And welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at couplesynergy. And please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. Every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. So we've created not only an avenue where you can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub for a drink and share their stories. People like today's guests, Adib and Sam, thank you so much for being on our podcast today, guys. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. And I understand this is your first podcast ever. And so welcome to the experience of podcasting. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, you know, we want to get into your story. And, you know, before we do that, uh, why don't we tell our, our audience, because, you know, it's audio. We want to give us a little, a little bit of information about you guys. How old are you? Uh, what do you do for a living? And how long have you been together? Sure. So uh, I am 37. Uh, I am a therapist at Lighthouse Emotional Wellness Center um, in the evenings, also working at a private practice uh, during the day. Uh, and we've been together for, <laughs> it'll be seven years in March. I'm 32. I am an assistant at a financial advisor's office. And uh, I'll agree, we've been together seven years. <laughs> almost married for two. <laughs> That's a good thing you got it right. Good answer, good answer. But sometimes I don't. <laughs> Can you tell us the story of how you guys met? Uh, we swiped right. So we met online. Um, but Adip could probably tell you more about like, our first date. Yeah, so we, we met on a social dating app. Um, our first date, we ended up going to a taco Mexican restaurant. Uh, she loves tacos. I love tacos. Sure do. Um, but we met shortly after uh, my my first wife passed away. Uh, she passed away in December of 2015. And um, Sam and I met in March of 2016. And what was it about the other person that you fell in love with? Well, uh, I'll say for me, uh, I met Sam when I was at a very vulnerable time in my life, uh, going through some grief and going through uh, some difficult times and uh, being able to share my experience with her without fearing any judgments or um, any of that kind of stuff really allowed me to be open with her and share who I am with her and 
not feel like I have to hold back. And uh, that has made it a lot easier and comfortable to just be around her. And she's just very loving, caring, and understanding. And she's she's amazing. So, um, I would say very similar. I love that he didn't he didn't judge me for almost anything really ever, which is great. <laughs> um, and just how kind and supportive he's always been since the beginning, and honest. He's been very honest for the most part, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> How did you find out that he was a widow and did that come up before you guys started dating or after? So I found out after our first date, my best friend found him on Facebook. She like snooped because I was talking about the date I went on. And at first we thought he was like married. I'm like, oh, what a scumbag. And then we find out that she passed away um, as we were reading like comments and looking at pictures. But Adid didn't tell me for a few dates, I think like three or four we went on. And then I kind of brought it up, but he said he was going to bring it up. And then he finally like, let me know the story. Yeah. So you knew shortly after the first date. Yeah. Like the night after the first date, I was telling my roommate, who's my best friend. And she, she's like, let's see if he has a Facebook. And this was like almost seven years ago. So it wasn't as easy to find people all the time, I don't think. But um, she found him because she's like a detective in that world. <laughs> and, and yeah, we, I knew like instantly that he had that. I didn't know the story, but uh, yeah, I knew pretty much right after our first date. Yeah, and I, I hesitated at first. I had gone on a couple of dates and when I shared that I was a widow, <clears throat> it... Uh, you know, it, it, it turned people away and I hesitated telling Sam because I was attracted to her and I wanted to get to know her and, and build that relationship. So I, I held back and I was like, I, you know, I really don't want to push her away. Uh, and then I think it was like our third or fourth date. She asked me, you know, how did your last relationship end? Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, OK, here we go. Well, let's let's rip the bandaid and, and have that conversation. So um, we were able to have that conversation. And, you know, I think that's the moment that I realized I can share parts of myself with her that I didn't feel comfortable enough sharing with other people. I, I didn't feel judged. I didn't feel like, um, you know, she was going to run away. Um, and that just made it a lot easier to fall in love with her. Why do you think that that pushed other people away, finding out that you were a widow? Uh you know, I, I don't know. I can't say for sure, but you know, I would imagine it can be a lot to to, to date somebody who is newly widowed. Uh, it it only been a couple months, so the grieving process. I don't think even for me really kicked in. Um, I don't think I really allowed myself that time to to grieve properly. Um, so yeah, just emotionally, I can just imagine it'd be, it'd be a lot. And what was it like for you, Sam, to find out? And... Um, I mean, at the time, I didn't really think too much of it. Like, I mean, I knew it was a big deal, but I was like 25, going on 26. I was just like, whatever. I mean, what was what this going to come to? Like, we were just having fun. And I mean, then it turned into more, obviously, because we're here. But <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess... I knew there was a story 
but I was really accepting of it because like he's a great person and I knew that from our first date. Adib, do you want to share any parts of that story? Me and my first wife? Mm -hmm. Sure. So uh, I met her when I was 25. Her name was Ellen. And I was going in for a routine physical. She was a medical assistant at the time working behind the desk. And I was waiting for my doctor to see me. I was in the lobby for, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour after my scheduled appointment. And the doctor had not seen me yet. So I told Ellen after her and I were talking for a little bit and we were flirting back and forth. And I was like, you know what? It's taking forever. I'm going to go grab some dinner and I'll come back. And uh, I had dinner at, the, at a local restaurant, came back. And when I came back, she was like, well, I'm stuck here too. So where's my dinner? Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm so sorry. Like, no, I owe you. So, I'll, you know, I'll take you out some time. And I left that appointment without exchanging phone numbers, without doing anything. And a couple weeks later, my dad had a follow-up appointment and walked in. She recognized the name and asked if she, if she knew, asked him if she knew me. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's my son. And he goes, well, tell him he owes me dinner. So that night uh, he came home, relayed that message. I gave her a call. I was like, hey, I owe you dinner. So let me take you out some time. And took her out. And one of the things that she told me at that doctor's office was that she had pulmonary hypertension, which is a chronic terminal lung disease. She was uh, diagnosed when she was 13 years old. Um, when I met her, she was 25. She was given a prognosis of two to six years to live. And when I met her, she had, she had already surpassed that. And I fell in love with her resiliency. I fell in love with her compassion. I fell in love with her um, just openness. Like she, she wore her heart on her sleeve and this is, this is who I am. And yeah, we, we were together for five years. Um, throughout the years, her pulmonary hypertension ended up getting worse uh, towards the end, and we decided to get married at the courthouse so I could add her to my insurance because she was getting ready to have a medical procedure done to help alleviate the pressures in her heart. And in December of 2015, actually today's the anniversary, uh, seven years ago, she, she passed away and, and succumbed to the surgery. During the surgery? Yeah, so the surgery itself was a success. Um, during recovery, she had some complications and mm -hmm. passed away two days after her surgery uh, in the hospital. So she told you right at that first dinner that she had this condition. What what was that? You know, what was that thought that went through your head? For me, I didn't. I don't think I really understood the gravity of the of the condition initially. Um, when she told me I, you know, I was given two to six years to live at 13 and we met at 25, I was like, okay, well, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Right. And, and I didn't want that to be a determining factor of, of us getting to know each other and, and building a relationship because in my mind, you know, we can go at any time. I can go at any time and not, you know, so I can walk out of the room and, and get hit by a bus and, you know, so, um, so that was my mindset. Like, I want to get to know this person. I want to get to know like who she is and some of the things that she's been through. And yeah, we were able to, to have a really long relationship.
on that. How did that shape you, especially in terms of being in relationship? Yeah, so uh, my relationship with Ellen was great. Um, we we talked about everything. We shared our most intimate parts of each other, stories, etc. Um, one thing I learned is how important it is to keep our story and our issues uh, to ourselves. Um, I, I learned that anytime I would talk about some of the struggles that we had, some of the frustrations, some of the issues with like family and friends, that's when Ellen and I would have like our, our arguments, our blow up arguments. Um, and we didn't, we didn't have a lot of them, but um, I would allow the outside noise, if you will, to interfere with, with our relationship. So Sam, a lot of times when a person gets into a relationship with someone who, you know, who is widowed, there are times it could feel like you're always in the shadow. And I was wondering if you can talk, maybe if you've experienced that or, you know, if you haven't. Um, definitely in the beginning, our first year of us like dating, I was kind of like a secret to his like family, probably because with Ellen passing and us meeting each other so soon together, it was, he just made me didn't feel comfortable, um, which it didn't really bother me for a while until maybe like we were dating for like, I don't know, six, seven months. And I was like, okay, like we should be progressing now. And like we weren't. <laughs> and <laughs> um, he had to deal with his own um, issues. We actually, we took a break for a little bit and I didn't think we were going to get back together. I'm like, I'm not going to talk to this person again. Like he needs to go deal with himself and that's fine. Um, but we kept talking to my surprise because I'm usually one of those people like, just leave them. You can move on. <laughs> like it's fine. Um, but he became one of my best friends. And then when I would tell him how I felt, I mean, cause we talked about Ellen and just being like second choice in a way. Um, but he's reassured me, especially over the years now, like now I know, like it's not a comparison. Like he, he loved her, he loves her, but like, you know, that's not what, where he's at anymore. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. How did you guys decide to take a break? Who asked? He did. I did. Uh, you know, so as I mentioned, I, I don't think I really allowed myself the time to grieve. So she passed away in December of 2015, and my coping mechanism was to go on dating apps like right away. Uh, I started going on dating apps in January. Um, and I kept myself busy. I kept myself preoccupied and, and didn't really allow myself to grieve. And Ellen was a diehard Cub fan. Uh, that was the year that the Cubs were in the playoffs and eventually won the World Series. So we were... Sam and I were out at a bar. We were watching the Cubs in the playoffs. And Sam enjoys baseball, but not to the extent that that Ellen was uh, a diehard Cub fan. Like, Ellen could tell you, like, past Cubs players, like, their history, their story, all that kind of stuff. And I think that's that's when it really hit me that this is this is different and I need to process kind of what's going on and, and the emotions involved. And 
uh, just told her, you know, this is, this is just too much. I need to take a break and kind of just focus on my emotions and focus on what I need to focus on. So, uh, we broke up in October. Yeah, of, yeah. But what restaurant were we at? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> go on and go to uh, we were at rock bottom. Is that the best irony? Rock bottom. Like, never going there with him again to this day. <laughs> well, if he asked you there, you, you, you got to raise an eyebrow. Like, I, what's I going brought on? it up because we, yeah. were, we were talking, even at the restaurant, though, I don't think he knew he was going to do it at the restaurant because during the day, we were like, oh, yeah, we should go out to eat. And then maybe, I forget, we were going to go do something, like, like play pool or something. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, I think a haunted house or something Yeah, like that. maybe that. And then, like, even as we were leaving, I'm like, so should we do that? And that's when he was, like, fidgety. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I told her at the restaurant, you know, I just need to kind of take my time and uh, watch the Cubs win the World Series. And then that's when I actually – started seeing a therapist myself and, and processing the grief and, and the emotions that were involved and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then we continued to talk throughout the process, um, just through text messages and stuff. Um, and then in January, we decided to start dating again, I think. Uh, I don't think we were dating, but we were like seeing each other, like friendly. Yeah. We we're just yeah. like hanging out continuing to build that relationship. And then in March of 2017, uh, made things official and we've been together since. Yeah. What, what do you think was, um, happening to you? You know, you, you make this decision to very quickly get on dating apps and, and then it, you know, it, it, and we've seen this before with people, they go through a loss and it's almost like, it doesn't really register. And then it's yeah. like, well, my, if, if, if she was here and the Cubs are winning the world series and then you're like, Oh, she's gone. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it really registered. Um, you know, so her having pulmonary hypertension, I remember even when the doctors were telling us like, Hey, you know, there's nothing else we can do. She's not responding to the medications. Like, you know, it's only a matter of time. Um, I remember sitting down with her father and her uncle uh, as we were talking about like funeral services and beginning to arrange that stuff, um, letting them know like, okay, I, I want to host a fundraiser. Like I want to, I want to plan a fundraiser to raise money for pulmonary hypertension and raise awareness and, and raise money for research to help find a cure. And, and that's what I did. Um, I, I got into planning that like right away. So I kept myself busy mm -hmm. and didn't really allow myself uh, the time to grieve. So I went from planning a fundraiser to, um, you know, going on dating apps, like really just keeping myself busy. And it wasn't until things kind of slowed down that I was like, okay, like, it, it, you know, it's hitting me. And, and this is something that I need to kind of deal with. Do you think that, kind of dis distracting yourself and you're know, not really looking at the reality and, and letting it, you know, set in is why you kept Sam kind of hidden for seven months and didn't tell anybody about the relationship. Yeah, I think it was that, but I also, um, I'm, I'm very close with her family even to this day. And 
Um, it was really important. Ellen's family you're talking about. Yeah. I was, okay. yeah, I'm really close with Ellen's family even to this day. And I'm, I, you know, the idea of introducing somebody new shortly after she passed away in my mind, I didn't want it to come off. Like I didn't love her or care about her and I was willing to move on so quickly. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, that, that's, that was my motivation of like, you know, I want to get to know Sam and build that relationship and, and move on in a way. But I also want to do it in a way that's, that's respecting of Ellen and her family and like what we had, because what we had was really special and, and really important too. So, Did you um, get judgment around that or was that kind of all in your own head? And how did people react? Uh, no, I, I definitely got feedback and comments from from people. Um, people asking me like, "Are you sure? You're, are, you, are you sure you're ready for this?" Um, you know, that was part of our conversation, like Sam and I's conversation when we first started dating too. After she found out about Ellen, um, but a lot of like family and friends really just questioning and asking, you know, "Are you are you ready for this? Are you, do you know what you're doing? Are you sure you want to do this?" Sam, what about you? What about your family and, and friends and their reactions? Did you get any, you know, any feedback there? Um, I mean, I don't think I really told like my family about Adib for a while and like his situation. I think they were just happy that I was dating. <laughs> <laughs> um, my friends, I mean, I don't know. They didn't really have too much input, I would say. I mean, after we broke up, they all thought he was like a jerk and I shouldn't be with him. That's for sure. But like <laughs> when I would tell them like in the beginning when we first started that, you know, he was like a widow. I don't think it really clicked in my head or my friends, like what that really entailed. I mean, we didn't like we were just lucky to find guys that had jobs at that point sometimes. So I mean, we're just like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously we knew there was a lot going on there, but yeah, I feel like, I mean, people were just pretty like supportive and open, like just you do you, that's what you want to do. I don't know. Yeah. So then a year later, it's January, you guys are hanging out. What <laughs> happens after that? Yeah. So uh, we were talking for a little bit, going on a couple dates. Um, and then in March, decided to make things official. Um, asked her to be my girlfriend. And yeah. How did I mean, you do that? Yeah. I want to hear the verbiage here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it wasn't that smooth. It was. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I don't know if I recall exactly how I did it. Um, well, I think he, he tried to do it um, the first day we met, like a year later. He's really into dates. Oh, yeah. But I forget why, but I knew that's what he was doing. So I'm like, I don't want to see you today. Like, because I just knew that's what he was like, <laughs> So I think we were just at my apartment. We were just hanging out. Yeah. And then you just, yeah, it wasn't like super romantic or anything. <laughs> that's for sure. Were you like, are we Facebook official or? <laughs> I don't think we've been Facebook official for a long time. Yeah. It's not about that. <laughs> I know. I think he asked me, like, do you want to be my girlfriend? But we were talking about it for a few weeks because mm -hmm. I think we, when we started talking back in January, like, 
I was kind of like, I'm not doing this unless like you're going to tell your family about me. Like, like I'm not being like someone's secret again for the same person. <laughs> so, yeah. What was that like for you, Adib, when she kind of set down those rules? Uh, I was okay with it and I was understanding about it because I think if I recall, um, I had had a conversation with Ellen's family and let them know that, Hey, like, you know, I've been dating and and talking to this person. Uh, she's been great. And, uh, I let them know, like, honestly, I, I, I don't want them to think that I didn't love Ellen or, you know, it, it took away what we had. Um, and hearing them give me their blessing let them like hearing them say like, Hey, you know, we expect you to move on. We expect you to continue to date and get married eventually. And, you know, hopefully eventually have kids and like, just move on with life. Hearing them give me that, like, okay, made it easier for me to, to say, yes, like, this is the person I want to continue to build the relationship with. And tell my parents, tell my friends, tell my family and, and Ellen's family knew about her. So it, it just made things easier. Do you wonder what Ellen would say? Uh, no, because we talked about that actually before her surgery. Um, I was her power of attorney and we had conversations of like, if anything were to happen, uh, I, I want you to date. I want you to, to do all that so we had those conversations so i i know that she is looking down she's she's really happy with how things have gone and uh the person that i'm with and um yeah i feel i feel blessed can you talk about the difference in in personalities between sam and ellen (laughs) man trying to get me in trouble (laughs) No, no no kidding um no i think i think you know, I was I was younger then, so I was 25 when I met Ellen, and I was 30 when I met Sam. So, in terms of like personalities, Ellen was out there. She was very she was extroverted. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wore her heart on her sleeve. She was, um, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth, and I don't care what you think about it. Um, but she was also understanding and empathic and loving and caring. Um, she was very resilient and strong and she was determined. She was told at a very early age, like, you know, because of your lung disease, you can't do X, Y, Z. And she always fought and and proved people wrong, even to the point of, of becoming a nurse. Uh, she graduated with a nursing degree and was working as a nurse for a year and a half. Um, and, and that's one thing that. I think Sam and Ellen have in common is that they're both very caring. They're both very loving. Um, I can be vulnerable with Sam the same way I can be vulnerable with Ellen. And Sam is also very determined, very committed, very like hard on my sleeve. I think the only few differences is that Sam doesn't really care about the Cubs uh, she actually White Sox fan out of oh, yeah. spite because of how much I, I talk about the Cubs. <laughs> I, I, the big question though, is that does she like Dave Matthews? No. 
Uh, <laughs> a little more now than before. I think I only knew his like one hit um, before I met a deep. <laughs> yeah, but so she knows I love Dave Matthews and how much I love Dave Matthews. Uh, Forty-seven shows and counting, and um, a lot. But the one thing I love about Sam is that she's willing and open to doing things with me, even though she doesn't necessarily share the same passion. Like uh, we went to a, a Dave Matthews concert together. We've been to a couple actually yeah, since. Been to a few. Um, and just it's great being able to have that experience together. Um, something that I enjoy. And she's learning to, to enjoy. They're not or, awful. Or at least tolerate. At least tolerate. So that, I can appreciate that. What was it like for you, Sam, to meet his family and Ellen's family? Um, I think I was more nervous to meet Ellen's family than his own family. But, I mean, everyone was super welcoming. I don't know what they said behind my back. But they're really amazing people, actually. I mean, we... Um, we go, we saw, I just saw them for Christmas last weekend. Um, Ellen's family, we're going to see his family, obviously in a couple of weeks, but no, I mean, everyone was really nice. I mean, they all still are nice. They're, we're all part of one big family. I feel like, um, I'm sure it's a little bit different for them, but for me, like I've always felt welcomed and like loved and appreciated. And I think they see hopefully how happy I make a deep and that's why they, you know, are so nice and amazing. Um, do yeah. you have uh, relationships with them directly or do you have a relationship with uh, Ellen's family through Adib? It's through Adib, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. did she have siblings? Yeah, she has a, she has a sister. Okay. Younger sister. And she, uh, she has a niece. She Yeah, her name is Lexi and I've known Lexi since she was born. Uh, and that was one of the things that Sam and I talked about when we first started dating is like, she's been a part of my life since she was born. Like, you know, they are my family just as much as my family is. So they, they come with me. Like, this is just part of, part of the deal. And, and that's one of the things we talked about. So. So you guys are, are dating and then, you know, you, you kind of ask the question about going steady <laughs> yes, going steady. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then, you know, give her your high school ring. No, and then, <laughs> so, you know, how do you guys, how does your relationship progress after that? Uh, slowly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we dated for three and a half years. Yeah. We dated for three and a half years before I proposed and popped the question. Um, and, yeah, we've been married. It'll be two years and two years in April. So I remember you telling us about the engagement, maybe I don't know how long before you actually did it. It was a long time though, right? Well, I was really mad. So I'm like, because <laughs> we moved in and we're going on almost a year of living together. And I'm like, what are we doing? You know, another, what are we doing here? <laughs> and he, the whole time, well, not the whole time, but for a while he knew. And I'm just like, what are we doing? <laughs> she, she didn't think I'd be able to surprise her. And that was part of the thing. Like yeah. when we first started dating and made things official back in Jan, like, the, you know, January, whatever, she was like, yeah, I, 
no, I don't like surprises. Uh, <laughs> you are not going to be able to surprise me and, and that kind of stuff. And I was uh, determined to prove her wrong. So, uh, I mean, to some extent. Yeah. But we uh, we ended up going to Mobile, Alabama to visit her best friend who lived down there at the time. Yeah. And um, I think she suspected something because, you know, every time we traveled, we always have our own suitcases. And this time she was like, let's just pack one suitcase. And I think she suspected that I was going to be traveling with the ring or, or something. Yeah. So um, I was able to surprise her though and found out after the fact that she, she did indeed snoop for a ring and try to find out um, you know, you no, I, I didn't. <laughs> it was good, but I mean, I looked really hard. <laughs> yeah. But. Where'd you, where'd you keep it? So, uh, you know, for the guys out there trying to propose and, and trying to keep things a surprise, they make a ring box. That's very like thin, almost like a credit card thin. And when you open it up, it opens up and, and becomes, uh, I don't know how to even describe it, but it opens up and it's a lot easier to conceal. You can actually hide it like in, uh, in that small, like useless pocket that you have in your jeans uh, right above your pocket. <laughs> That's where I had it for a while. So all those guys out there that want to conceal things and be <laughs> sneaky. <laughs> oh, only the engagement. I would not recommend concealing it too much. It's, it's so funny, you know, like we, we start, we start a marriage out on a lie, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Adib, did you ask her dad or anything before you proposed? I did. I'm, I'm a traditionalist. So I, uh, a week or so before I had asked her dad to uh, go out to dinner. And um, I think he kind of suspected why I was asking him out to dinner, but we sat down, we had that conversation. I told him that I am absolutely in love with your daughter and I would love for her to be my wife and just want to make sure it's okay with you that I have your blessing. And he was like, yeah, absolutely, son. Like, you know, you've been a great part of this family and I see how much you love and care my, for my daughter. So absolutely. And, and uh, yeah, it was great. And Sam, you didn't know he went out with him? No, um, no idea. I thought my mom would have told me because she was, you know, nagging me for like two and a half years. Like, when are you going to get married? Don't be with someone who won't marry you. You know, she wanted to be So I thought she would have been like calling me, telling me, but she didn't tell me. I don't think my dad even told her that he was going out to dinner for a while. I mean, I think she knew eventually. But I think he tried to play it off for like a minute or two. But he can't really keep a secret. But no, no one told me. It's okay, though. <laughs> so tell us the story. Because there was some, a special date involved, right? Yeah. So I had arranged it with her best friend. We were down in Alabama. And she was in on the plan from the very beginning. And let her know like, Hey, I want to do it. We actually got engaged February 29th of leap year. Yep. Was it 2020? Mm -hmm. 2020. Um, right before COVID, like right, right before. Yeah. So, so we got, we got engaged. We were down in Mobile, Alabama. And the plan was we were going to be going on a walk 
and her goddaughter was going to be involved. We had hand molds made where Sam and her goddaughter put her hand put their hands in like this hand molding like shape thing. Um, so they created that, and then we go on a walk. And at one at some point during the walk, her friend, who's a photographer too, uh, as like a hobby, would ask to take pictures of us. And that's when I would get down on my knee and, and propose. And uh, yeah, that's what happened. We went on a walk. Uh, we got to the end of the path, and I think I missed my cue from the best friend. Um, so we ended up walking back towards the house, and that's when she kind of like nudged me a little bit harder and let me know, like, "Hey, this is this is the spot. This is the <laughs> spot to do it." So, <laughs> so yeah, Sam uh, went up towards like the tree and the bush and stuff to to take a picture and she goes, okay, but I'm not doing this by myself. So why don't you come on in? I was like, okay, well, before, before we take this picture, I want to ask you something. And I got down on one knee and, and asked her if she'd be my wife. What'd you say? <laughs> I said, hell no. No. <laughs> you actually said, shut up. First. Yeah, I did say shut up. <laughs> so. Cause I was really surprised. Um, but I said, yes, of course. Um, the best part though is so our walk well not the best part because the best part is getting engaged but the cutest part was my she's my goddaughter and go see my best friend her her daughter and she's my goddaughter she was probably like four or five mm -hmm. at the time so the walk was oh we're gonna watch penny that's her name climb trees mm -hmm. so she was stoked that like everyone's gonna go watch her climb some trees and mama was taking pictures <laughs> of her climbing trees like the highlight of her day, mine too, until I got engaged. <laughs> so, so how long after, you know, you got mad and you're like, what are we doing, you know, to the engagement? Like, what was the span of time there? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I want to say a couple of months but maybe not too long because i think like our lease was going in april and i remember thinking telling him we got into a fight like why should we renew this lease if like we're not doing anything serious and we got engaged in february so um yeah and and you had had the plan already he, he had when we got into a fight and he still I did hold his secret like he wasn't like here's I, the ring and like, I think so I had already had the ring at that point um I, I knew that I was going to be proposing and it was very difficult while we were fighting to not just here you go here's the ring like <laughs> here's my plan and kind of reveal everything um but I had to stay stay stick to my guns and uh I'm glad I did that because uh the engagement was was beautiful what what did you say I mean you're just playing it off like I don't really know what we're gonna do you know hey yeah I think at the time I I blamed it on like you know finances and, yeah. and not being able to afford a ring and let's just take it one day at a time and mm -hmm. um you know that kind of stuff um when in actuality actually I already had the ring so yeah I mean <laughs> He would tell me, he was like, I want to marry you. I want to be with you. And I'm like, that's great. But you also told me the first year that you were ready to be in a relationship and it didn't change. So I feel like I would pull things back um, from like our past and like wondering, like, am I going to get like set up again? And I just, um, 
Are we going for dinner at rock bottom? <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> so well, did, did you ask Ellen's family? I let them know that, yeah, I was planning on proposing to Sam and, um, you know, again, they gave me their blessing and, and were really happy that I was moving in that direction and they were seeing me kind of, I don't want to say move on, but move with. Um, so yeah, they, they gave me their blessing and it just made, again, made that decision a lot easier too. They were like a year before he proposed, we were in Mexico for um, Amy, his, Ellen's sister's wedding and Ellen's cousin, was giving him shit like why aren't you marrying her already like cause it, by then it was like two and a half years yeah. i mean which isn't super long but like we're getting older like it's not also super short so yeah they were giving him shit too like hey like marry this girl like <laughs> so well that's awesome i mean then they truly accepted you yeah you know, they're awesome. and they wanted you to move on yeah and they they actually uh they all attended our wedding. We got married uh, in Mexico in 2021. Um, and yeah, her immediate family, Ellen's immediate family were all there at the wedding. And it was great to have, you know, my, my family, Ellen's family, Sam's family there, and just like all become one. Like it was, it was great. It's like, a, you know, a new take on a blended family. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's great though. We, we kind of have that right with, uh, Alex grandparents. Um, and with everyone except for his dad <laughs> and for whatever reason, and, and they visit us or we visit them. Not anymore. So they don't travel anymore. They're in their eighties, but, um, yeah, we, we've had parties with, them their that family his grandparents and my family and ray's family and angie's got two sets of families and it's like their wedding there were like five different families that were at the wedding it's it, it's nice to be inclusive yeah yeah you know, his, they they were very important in his upbringing so it was and i think they're probably closer to you than their own son yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how is um, married life? Is it different than just living together? Uh, yeah. I, I didn't think it would be. I'm like, oh, we live together. It's going to be the same. But it's definitely different. I feel like now you realize, like, all oh, those socks on the floor, that's the rest of my life. <laughs> Before they were so cute. <laughs> uh, they weren't cute, but, you know, I was like, well, he'll grow out of it. No. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, maybe he will grow out of it. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Did you decide to change your name or did you keep your maiden name? I hyphenated. My initials spell out Sam with my maiden name, so I couldn't let that go. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Now it's just Samo. <laughs> okay too. That's fun. Yeah, those are always interesting things of how people decide to do that. Did it change something for you when you started hyphenating? Um, just that I have to say my name longer now. Where I work 
and we ever call into like home office you have to like say your full name so now it's like samantha masgay o'day like it's just like that's the only thing that's changed and just changing all my like documents all my legal documents do people call you anything different or no not not really i can't no one's like miss o'day no not yet <laughs> probably after you have kids yeah <laughs> hopefully not i want to be like the, the the house that's like sam and adib you know i know it's respectful but no no it's like it's a friendly house like <laughs> well I, I know gene just threw that out there about having kids but do you guys have plans on you know starting a family hopefully yeah yeah, yeah that's uh i think one thing that we've learned is uh you know we have plans and sometimes our plans don't always uh align with the universe so yeah. uh you know hopefully in time it'll happen um but we'll see yeah and you know with alan's condition i imagine that was never really uh you know an, an idea or a thought yeah we had talked about that um she was she was able to have kids but it would have been a huge strain on her heart and her body mm -hmm. um, so ellen and i actually talked about uh, adopting or fostering or um you know having kids a different way um mm -hmm. so that was definitely our, our conversation for sure did you start that process we hadn't, no. Um, that was something we were looking to start after her surgery. Um, but unfortunately, we got the chance to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would have been quite an added factor there in your relationship together, right? You with, Sam. Yeah, with me and Sam, yes. I don't know if we, if we would have been meeting at the same time if he had kids. like. Um, probably for him, I couldn't speak for, but I don't know if I would have been jumping into something with a child involved mm -hmm. as well. That's a, that's a big responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, but who, I mean, I don't know, I guess. Yeah, and my life may have been different too if I had a kid and I may not have had the time to go out on dating apps. Like who, who knows, you know, but, um, you know, I'm just really grateful that I met Sam when I did and things, at least in my mind, things kind of work out the way they're, they're supposed to. So, you know, the, um, the grieving process is something that takes a long time, mm -hmm. right? And it comes up in waves and it's not something that, you know, you go through it and you're done. You know, I was just wondering, Sam, are there times where, you know, talking about Ellen becomes uncomfortable for you and, you know, when are those times, if they are? I don't feel, those times as much now, like the uncomfortableness about it. Um, I think back early on, like when he would talk about Ellen or like, or even his family, like I just would compare like myself. Um, but as like our relationship grew, like I feel more comfortable and like, there's no comparison. Like we're two different people that fell in love with the same man is really the only thing that we, have in common like to a point i guess um mm -hmm. but yeah i mean we we talk me and a deep talk a lot so as long as we keep talking um i feel like yeah things are things are good 
One of the things that I've noticed in, in another uh, couple having a similar experience is um, the guy wanted to keep out like pictures and Christmas ornaments and things like that. How do you guys deal with those kind of things? Uh, I, I actually have, as I'm looking at my tree now, um, I have Christmas ornaments, uh, from, from me and Alan. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we've talked about it and we're able to incorporate it and include it in our, our day to day. And Sam and I actually talked about, we want to have a tree in every single room because, you know, we like doing that and we want to dedicate a tree to the people who are no longer with us and and Ellen is one of those people and my, you know my grandparents her grandparents so yeah we've talked about that and that's just been something that like i said it's, it's a part of who i am it's part of my story so that's really a great trivia that's mm -hmm. a great idea yeah yeah i yeah it's it's uh you know like i said i don't i don't move on i move with and um, like that. yeah, I, I moved with because she was a she was a big part of my life, mm -hmm. and her family is still a big part of my life. And I don't move on from them; they're they're always going to be a part of my life. So um, just moving yeah. with them. Right? That's an interesting distinction because you know moving on gives this implication that you have to purge your past, mm -hmm. you know, to move forward into into your future, but moving with is that I am a, you know, a, a conglomerate of all the experiences I've been through in my life. You know, and I take those experiences on into my relationships in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that Sam and I talked about in the very beginning of, I don't know if, you know, if we had met before Ellen, before, if I met Sam before I met Ellen, I don't know if she would have fell in love with me because I was a completely different person. Um, but I was able to take my experience from Ellen and learn and grow from it and, and be who I was when we first met. And I think that's what Sam fell in love with. I mean, that's, that's for her to answer too. So. No, for sure. There's things that he would say, like who he was before Ellen, like Ellen calmed him down as a person. And I don't know if I would have been able to do that. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. And I met him after he met someone who kind of changed his life for the better and then he changed mine for the better. So yeah. how does deep, how does your family um, relate to Ellen's family or Sam's family? Is it similar or different? Uh, I would say it's similar, I think. Um, but to be honest with you, I don't know if I've really thought about that. Mm. Um, you know, like I said, Ellen's family was at was at our wedding, and I didn't notice any any difference with how they interacted with like Sam's family and and, and Ellen's family. Um, they they've been accepting and just accepted the fact that this is this is where I am right now in my life. So, in Sam, your family and Ellen's family. Um, I mean, there there's some similarities I can see. Um, but I mean, they're, they're different people. I think, I mean, they met at the wedding. They haven't really met other than that though. Um, when we do see them, we usually, it's more like one-on-one. -on -one, so mm -hmm. what are something you would say to someone that's considering dating, uh, someone who had a person that passed? 
either one of you. Communication, 150,000%. Like, you have to talk about it. You have to be willing to talk about it. It's like both ends, like ask, you can be open to ask the questions and ready to answer them on, on, on both ends, how people are feeling. I think um, if the D wasn't so like straightforward and he would go, he's the one that would bring up conversations more in the beginning. Um, I don't know if we would, we would be as comfortable as we are with everything, with all the families together and all that. The D would say the same thing. Yeah, definitely communicate. Um, you know, it, it's, I think it's a very uncomfortable topic. Um, it's it's uh, like, how do I bring this up? What do I say? Kind of like what I said earlier about, is this person going to run away if I bring it up? And, and there's definitely that risk for sure. Um, but I think, you know, if you communicate and you share parts of yourself with the person that you want to be with and the person you want to build a relationship with, that actually in my opinion, brought us closer together. Um, because now in my mind, if I can share that, then there isn't anything that, that I can't share with her. Uh, and that's been the case. Like we've been able to talk about everything. She's, she's been my ride or die and my best friend. So. So last question, what is it that your partner does that, you know, they love you? <laughs> um, well, physically a deep rubs my feet, like, twice a week, if not more. And, I mean, that's, that's love. <laughs> and for me, it's, uh, it's two things, actually. Um, seeing her with Ellen's niece, and especially when we first started dating, like their interactions and how playful they were with each other and how much uh, Ellen's niece um, loves Sam mm. um, makes my heart warm. Um, but also, I mean, going to Dave Matthews concerts, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, she does not, she's not a big fan. Um, but the fact she'll, that, that she'll tolerate and stomach going to concerts and, uh, put up with my giddiness at the concerts the entire time. Just, well, it's compromised though. Cause when we go, I like to be on the lawn. Like I want to chill, sit on a blanket. I want to be like in the pit, yeah. like, you know? Yeah. No, no. So he'll like go all the way far back and hang out with me because, yeah, compromise. Yeah, for me, it's, a, it's about the experience. And I'd rather have a shared experience on the lawn uh, if that means her coming and, and being a part of it than actually sitting in the pit and being, you know, close up, shoulder to shoulder with, with other Dave Matthews fans. So, uh, yeah, I enjoy that. Well, Sam and Adib, we want to thank you so much for being on our podcast today. It's been a, it's been a joy. Actually, it's been wonderful hearing the this whole story mm -hmm. because we've kind of known the story little by little over the years. But to hear in detail from both of you, it's been wonderful. You know, people have been sharing stories since the beginning of time to bond and heal and grow. And we hope that by you guys sharing your story, it's enriched your lives and the lives of our listeners. Oh, well, thank you guys. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. We want to thank all of you for joining us today on Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. 
For more information about Couples Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Home Study Course, the Couples Weekend Intensive, which is coming up in 2023, April 20th to the 23rd, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.